Welcome to Nameless Debate Radio, where radioactivity is contagious. <clears throat> What's up, man? How are we today? I'm doing well. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Awesome. So do um, you want to reiterate your question? Yeah. So if I say I defined free will as the ability to choose, would you still say it doesn't exist? What do you mean by the ability to choose? Um, just, just the, like, how would I go more in depth on um, like people have the ability to choose, like um, they're capable of choosing. Yeah, but what does choose mean? Choose. Um, hmm. So I guess I guess it would mean like pick out, or you know, pick out different things. Um, select something, right? Select a, a path to take or an object to grab, things like that. Well, from, like, a set of available options, any of which you might choose. Yeah, sure. There's a bunch of options, and they, they can choose them. So you can choose any of them? Um, try not to wander. Think about that one. So they, they have the ability to choose any of them, yeah. Okay. So then what you're actually saying... This is the definition of free will that uh, I usually get people to agree to, is you're saying the ability to choose such that you could have chosen otherwise, correct? No. <laughs> but you just said you could choose any of them. You could. You have the ability. Well, I'm, I'm saying that mm -hmm. they have the ability to choose any of them. Yeah, and so if no, in like, the moment... They're not predetermined yeah, to choose anything. No, yeah. that's what I'm saying, right? Is if in the moment you have the ability yeah. to choose then what we're talking about is the ability to choose such that after the choice, you could have chosen otherwise if you had decided to or wanted to. No, I don't mean like that, because you, you can be predetermined to choose certain things. Um, I, I was just going to say, I was just going to try and trap you into a thing where, you know, despite being predetermined to choose, they're still choosing kind of thing. Yeah, but if you don't mean... The thing that I said, then your original thing doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, I, I, I guess yeah. I do. Yeah, because those are quite I'll equivalent. That one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> are you actually of the position that free will does exist? No. <laughs> no. I don't. I don't really know the arguments against free will existing, but I've had. So, I've heard some discussions on it. So, no, I'm not. So I'm not really. More, fair enough. Yeah. Tell me a. Uh, an outrageous belief that you've got. An outrageous one. <laughs> mm. Um, I'm pretty moderate, but let me think of something that's a wild. You talked about philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. I love philosophy. Yeah, I know. I was just, cause I have some pretty wild ethical positions. You don't really do ethics. So. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if I hold any. Um, hmm. Do you hold any out there positions? Oh, I hold lots of out there positions, my dude. Awesome. What? Um. What are some of them? 
Um, well, you know, they have they sit on a scale of like more out there to less out there. One of the less out there ones um, that I still get quite a bit of resistance on is the proposition that uh, truth actually objectively exists. Truth exists. Mm-hmm. What's your um, argument for that? Um, well, the stuff isn't there. Their stuff isn't there, you said. <laughs> That's correct, yeah. Ah, so like, um, law of identity? Yes? Um, not exactly. Um, it's more like, um, let's think about like what the fact that we're uncertain about everything, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Despite that, um, no matter what you say is true, there has to be something that is true, even if you say that nothing about this experience is accurate because, for instance, you exist inside an illusion or the matrix, etc. Like, nonetheless, you are saying that the matrix exists or the demon exists or the illusion exists or etc. etc. There's no way around the fact that you have to be uh, saying something is true. Yeah, so, so no matter what you say, something has to be true. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, what do you think about the law of identity being objective? Um, the law of identity is a subjective representation of an objective structure. What do you mean by that? <clears throat> so the laws of logic, the three laws of logic, mm-hmm. those, are, those are like fundamental laws of reality. Um, yeah. And like the reason that we've constructed these models of them is because like matching our cognition to the world happens to be like very useful okay um i'm just confused about um the objective structure part okay so like the objective world is the world as it is independently of you and everything you think about it right mm-hmm. so then like that world has like a structure and like gotcha. independently of any perception that you might have of it it is a certain way okay and we model that because obviously we would evolve to do such a thing. Yeah, so you said that um, the law of identity is a subjective, I don't remember the word you used. It's a subjective um, representation of an objective structure. Yeah, um, what do you mean by that now? Okay, so the law of identity is actually objectively true, but mm-hmm. the law of identity that we, like what that actually, what that, um, tag refers to specifically is a concept, right? Mm-hmm. Like a law is a subjective construct. And what we're saying is that um, that the subjective construct that oh, we... That, yeah, so like well, the, the description that we ascribe to the subjective construct is representative of reality. That's what we mean when we say that something yeah. is like objectively true, but it is nonetheless a subjective model of what's yeah, true. Yeah, I, I agree then, yeah. Okay, so we don't differ on that. Um, I suppose you'd say the uh, the same thing about the other two laws of logic? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Well, I suppose you can get into your more out there positions now, here, if you want to. Okay. Um... Well, do you believe in God? No. You don't? No. Why not? I don't believe you can prove there's a God. It's just like, there's no evidence to suggest there are gods. I wouldn't believe in them. I don't necessarily Um, deny the existence of God. Okay. So how is it that there are things? 
How's it there are things? Um, yes. Well, so at some point, there had to have been an origin, right? Is what you're trying to get me to. Is it? I just asked you, how is it that there are things? Maybe I'm looking too far ahead. Um, like, what do you mean by things? Okay, so, the, the, like, things exist, right? Mm-hmm. How did like, they come we agreed, into existence? We already agreed on that, because there has to be something that's true, right? Yeah, we agreed. So there is did. something that exists. Yeah. Yeah, how, how is that the case? Not necessarily how did they come into existence, but how is it the case that there is something rather than nothing? I don't know. It's interesting, though, right? Mm-hmm. So here's my position that's a bit outrageous. I think I do know that. You think you do know what? That I think I know why there are things rather than no things. Oh? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Basically, it's, there's two parts to the idea. It involves, first I address the question, <clears throat> why there are things rather than no things, and then I address the question of why there is this thing, specifically, this universe. Okay. Um, well. So, the reason that there are things instead of no things is that, well, those are the only two options, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either there is something or there is nothing. Yeah. And apart from the fact that we've already agreed that there has to be something, because here we are, Apart from that, we can say in the beginning there was either something or there was nothing, and those are the only two options. We're saying, like, at the foundation, mm-hmm. outside of any, like, causal continuation that we exist in, like, there has to have been either something or nothing. Those are okay. the only two options. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So, somethingness, that's, like, an object of some kind, something existing. It's very general, but it just means something that is actually there, right? Of some variety. Mm-hmm. And then nothingness, what does that mean? What does nothingness mean? Correct, means yeah. the lack of something, right? There's, there's nothing. Mm-hmm. So then, is it the lack of everything? What, nothing is the lack of everything, yeah? Well, is, is nothingness the lack of everything? Yes. In the context that we're discussing it, right? Ontolo- ontologically speaking, um, it would be the absence of everything, right? Mm-hmm. But then wouldn't absence be absent? Yeah, it would. It'd be... Mm-hmm. Okay, oh, so... <laughs> I think what I'm asking is, if if there is nothing, isn't that something? Yeah, it would be. Yeah, so it seems like what we're saying then is that nothingness, is insofar something. as... Yeah, insofar as we're describing it, cannot actually exist, because as soon as you might say that it does, it is something, and it is not nothing anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a self-defeating so uh, position. So we're, yeah, so we're saying we have one, we, we have two options, and we agreed before we only have two options, and one of them is not possible. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the other one has to be true. Okay. So there has to be something. There has to be, yeah. I, I, yep. That wasn't what I thought you were asking me a minute ago, but I understand that. What did you think I was asking? I thought you were asking me how did like things come to be. That that is what I'm asking. But the point that I'm making to you with that example is that things never had to come to be. 
Ah, because one is impossible. So yes, so there is no coming into being. They were already non, there. Yeah, everything always exists because non-being isn't possible. Hmm, that's a good one. I like that. Mm-hmm. Clever, right? Yeah. Um, the oh. second half involves a more specific description of what the thing is. So, say our universe. Um, well, no, it, it explains what the object of existence is, and then using the basis that I delineate, I describe like how this universe uh, it, it fits into that hole. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, <clears throat> basically... I say that the the universe, the like object of existence, the objective world, at its most fundamental and essential level, is uh, made up of two uh, elements, which are data and logic. Okay. Yeah. I don't. So, I don't really know why, but. Yeah. So. In this sense, data means uh, non-contingent, uninterpreted information. Do you know what okay. I mean by that? Um, not necessarily, no. Okay, so non-contingent. Do you know what contingent means? Yeah. Yep, so contingent is like dependent on something else, right? Mm-hmm. So then non-contingent is what? The opposite. It's not dependent. Yes, it's not dependent on anything. Yeah. So, so non-contingent means necessarily true. Yeah, okay. okay. And so the second piece of it is uninterpreted information. So wh- wh- why just... do I say... Pardon? We don't know it, right? It's never been... Uh, no, no, because like when you... What's information? Information? Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So information would be like... Um, what is represented... Um, I don't know, what, what, what would you define it as? Well, that was pretty good. Um, you know, information is the world as you see it. It's, it's, the inf- it's, yeah. it's, the, it's the pieces of the world that you have informed yourself about, let's say. Um, and so what I'm saying is that the world is a certain way, and it is there before you come along to look at it or think about it. Um, okay. And so... Yeah. When, well, when we call it information, what we mean is that we've looked at it, right? We have informed ourselves about it. That's what information is. It's, it's data after it has been looked at. Yeah. But what I'm saying is that the world is there before we are looking at it. Before we, we, like, we're not necessary. It doesn't need to be looked at to exist. Yeah. So I'm saying, like, one of the essential elements of existence is that it is necessarily there and that it doesn't require any interpretation it's like it has a certain structure and nature and like has like properties and stuff like that like a tree is a tree without you to to call it a tree yeah Mm -hmm. so so what would happen if someone told you i don't hold this position but um if someone said like without without our our experience right or like our eyesight Mm -hmm. or without finding something how would you know it's there right um i don't need to know i can reason about it abstractly and maybe we can come to agree ah okay yeah mm-hmm. so and so, so you're I'm not saying, looking from saying... the human perspective you're you're going beyond that it's... um i mean it is still you know i'm not not a human 
but what I'm saying is that, I know. like, I think that the truth is something that is transcendent. It is irrefutable, and if we can get the correct answer, then you can't argue with it, not properly. It can't really be done. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, it because mm. of the way the truth works, it, like, infects your mind like a virus. You can't really deny it properly. It's very hard. Yeah. I yeah. Okay. So that's like. Um, hmm? Never mind. Actually, no question. Oh, so the point the point of that remark was like that. Even though I can't prove it, even though we can't be certain of it, all we have to do is we have to talk about it a lot with everybody that we can find to talk about it. And if it's correct, then nobody will be able to say why it's wrong. Basically, I... that's the criteria. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm -hmm. So there's two elements, I said, two mm -hmm. parts of existence. And the first one was data, which I defined as non-contingent, uninterpreted information. And that's something that has to exist. That's basically what we were talking about when we said the nothingness thing before. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because like, if there were nothing, there would be something. And something is, in the most general sense, made up of data, like information which hasn't been looked at yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so the other element of existence is logic in the objective sense, right? So there's two senses of logic that people generally use. One of them is <clears throat> subjective, which is um, the model that we use to interpret and evaluate the world, and also the tool set that we use to update and refine that model. And th those are both subjective logic. And then we have objective logic, which is the thing that the model focuses on, um, that we derive the model from to begin with which is like the objective consistencies in the world. Okay. And so I'm saying like logic in this sense is defined as, um, so it's the principle of relativity, the idea that things relate to one another. And the idea is that those relationships are consistent. Yeah. So it's, con it's consistent relational structure. That's the structure of the world. And the substance of the world is non-contingent, uninterpreted information. Okay. Yeah. I, I agree yep. with both of those. I know. It's hard to disagree, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So what I'm saying then is that from those two fundamental axioms, you can reason to um, an eternal multiverse which would necessarily contain this universe. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And it goes something like this, right? So if there is... Um, so what, what we're doing is we're saying that those essential elements that, we're that we identified before, data and logic, we're saying those actually objectively exist. Those are the fundamental components of like existence itself, right? Yeah. And so we're saying, we're saying that those, those two things absolutely exist, right? Yeah, they do. Mm -hmm. So the argument goes like this. So if data um, absolutely exists, right? Then what we're actually saying is where there's two propositions in that. We're saying A, that data is logically possible, and B, that data is absolutely existent. Do you agree with that? I agree with both. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, because of like the principle of relativity that we were talking about before, which is the structure of the data, right? There is, yeah. relative to the data that we just identified, another type of data. That is, there is data which is logically possible, but not absolutely existent. Rather, it is theoretically existent. Oh. Mm -hmm. So that is relative to the data which is actually absolutely there. There is the data that is represents all the things that are logically possible. 
Okay. And, and that's a relative component of the data that's actually there. And in all the things that are logically possible, obviously, here we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with <laughs> I don't disagree with it. So. Dang. Yeah, that's one of my more controversial opinions, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's controversial, but... I mean, it's controversial because we actually have never solved that problem before, and it sounds like a solution. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like it's not that difficult. Um, I know. It's crazy, right? It, like, it's so yeah. simple in the end. Yeah. <laughs> that is funny. Um, how many people have you debated on that? Oh, I've been talking about it for over two years. I wrote, I wrote a thesis paper on it, man. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Do you still have it? <clears throat> yeah, dude. Yeah, I'm actually rewriting it at the moment, but I can send you the old version. Okay, cool. Why do you want to rewrite it? You feel like you left some things out that you've come to? Um, no, the structure is just kind of confusing. Oh, okay. Because what I do is I like lay out my my working. I lay out how I got to the conclusion in in as clear a manner as I could which made some sense, but also it's disorienting if you don't know what the subject is or what it's about, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. It's just it should it's be not too like... difficult for me to understand since I just heard you lay it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. No, thank you. Um, no worries, man. So, all right, so you did free will versus determinism. Did metaphysics, all right, what about, what, what is truth? What is truth? Yeah, what's truth? Um, so I guess truth is just like what is, re- you know, it, it's it's reality. You know, it's um, a fact. It, it's a fact within reality that's objective. You know, um, interesting. I don't disagree with that, but I'm not sure that it answers my question. What's the difference between something that's true and something that's not? Um, something that's not true and that's true. Um, I suppose something that is not true. Um, it's like an uncertain. You know, it's 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 the lack of being. Um, hmm. It's something that's incorrect, you know, it's like... Mm, I don't feel like that addresses the question either. Okay, well, could you go a little more in-depth with the question then? Okay, so... Do scientists have anything, any, any like conclusions that are true? Not necessarily, no. What does that mean? Well, they haven't been able to 100% prove any of their conclusions are accurate, you know. Um, 100% prove meaning what? It's a true, it's a 100% truth. It's the, it's a objective, right, you know. Okay, so you're saying like truth exists on a gradient? between what something and objective truth? Yeah, 
I suppose. What's what's the what's the bottom half? Uh, like what's the other pole? What's the bottom half of? Yeah, so like let's say it's, it's you know a hundred percent is uh, objective truth. What's zero percent? Zero percent, not true. It's false. No, but like so, what characterizes something that is not even mostly true, but is somehow still true? Something that is mostly true, but somehow still true. How is um, it? Yeah. How is it the case that there is a gradation between the two? Because you would think that there wouldn't be. Yeah, I. Um. I guess things that have yet. Uh, hold on. So. You're talking about the things that are in between true and false. You know, yes. Oh uh, yeah, I'm wondering why there are things between true and false, more specifically. Isn't it just how what we call, um, you know, it's just things that humans say, or we we aren't able to 100 percent give give an objective truth, so we basically put it in that gradient, you know. Okay, that's yeah, that's close to what I'm looking for. Um. Okay. We, we aren't able okay. to prove things that are 100% objective. Or at least we don't have the capability yet. I'm still... I'm Like, your language indicates that you don't quite know the answer. No, you're I don't. Saying, you're saying that... No, I mean, like, not even, like, in an inarticulate sense. Like, I'm scanning what you're saying to see if you do have the answer, but you don't know how to say it. But when you say that we can't prove things that are 100% true, what does that mean? Why did you use the words that are? Um, well, in order to prove something was 100% true or objective. Um, okay, so wait, just quick to clarify. Do you mean to say you can't prove that things are 100% true, or you can't prove things that are 100% true? You, you cannot prove things that are 100% true. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. No. No, um, what do you, so, like, you're saying there are things that are 100% true, but you cannot prove them. Currently, we can't prove them, I don't think. So, how do you know there are things that are 100% true, then? Dang. Like, like, truth is 100% true. <laughs> okay. Um, but then, then why do you put the word 100% there? Just to show that it's objective. I guess we can prove that truth is objective. How? Well, um, if, if it wasn't the case, then anything you could say to debunk it would then not also not be true. Yeah, but I don't think that's a refutation of the point, although I can see that that is accurate. It doesn't seem to demonstrate the conclusion you proposed. What, that um, we can prove? Yeah. I guess I, I, I do think we can prove some things are objective. Mm -hmm. How? I, I, I don't understand where you're going. I, I know, know you don't, but trust me, I know where I'm going. Okay. Um, I don't How know. How do we prove things? I, like, currently, I'm chasing you around the yard because you're not quite sure what you think. I'm trying yeah. to sort out what it is you think, right? So the question is, you said 
we can prove things are 100% true. How can we do that? Well, I feel like I'm I'm being too um, basic here. I'm not going in depth far enough. But okay, can you elaborate then? Yeah, I can try. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I suppose we can prove things are true because um, like in in order for things to like exist. No, nah, oh lord. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'm having trouble, so enlighten So why did you say then that we can that you think that we can prove that things are true? Because we just did a moment ago, but I guess I feel Oh like okay. <laughs> so what do you mean by proof then? Do you mean demonstration? Yeah. Okay, then that that clears it up a little bit, right? <laughs> I, yes, see, we, I see. Yes, we we can probably demonstrate that things are true, but then we agree that the demonstration is not a certain demonstration. It's it's compelling. Yeah. That's the idea. Yeah, but okay. that's not proof in the formal sense. Right? Yeah, it's not. Um. Yeah. No, I would agree to that. We we can definitely demonstrate that things are true. Ah. Oh, uh. Okay, yeah. So, what would you say about trying to prove things are true? Like, well, I would say that that violates epistemological limitations, right? Okay, what are like, those limitations? Because, so, basically, it goes something like this: um, you can think you have proven something to be true, but there could always be information that you don't have access to that invalidates your conclusion. Yeah. So, because you don't know what you don't know, um. The information that you that could be outside of your reach, <clears throat> because you wouldn't know if there was some information like that, could be of a constitution such that it invalidates everything else you think about the world. And if that were the case, you would be completely oblivious. Therefore, you are forever uncertain about any conclusions that you draw, even if they are deductively valid, given what you know. Because yeah. what you know is not enough to verify um, that what you know is what it seems. Okay. Yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, that, not, that, not, that's why nothing in science or mathematics is, you know, 100%. Yes. We don't have completeness and proof. We can't because of yeah. the way subjectivity works. Okay. Mm-hmm. Simple enough. Um, so we were what, asking about truth, though, right? Yeah. You're What's the distinction me? between something that's true and false? Because you haven't said anything wrong yet, but you're not quite sure, right? Yeah. Um distinction between what's true and what's false. You you were asking me earlier about the gradient, how can those things exist? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm not sure why there is a gradient. I'm thinking that you are um that you do have the inarticulated answer. I'm trying to help you find the answer though. Yeah. Um so cuz it's like the fact that you're not giving me things that are wrong shows me that you do understand, but you're not quite sure what you understand. Yeah. Um so basically, those things that we consider in the gradient um, are just things we have. We we can't a hundred percent prove anything, right? Mm-hmm. To be objective, mm-hmm. um, but we can demonstrate them to be that, right? But that's not well. We can know, demonstrate that they are uh, likely that. 
yeah, likely. It's it's not it's not for certain. Yes, it's all. We can say that we are supremely confident that there are things that we know that are true. Yeah, and just um, based on that, we can't put them at a hundred percent objective mm-hmm. truth. But um, we would put them like somewhere in between because we can't call them false either because they could. Okay. Be true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I accept that answer. That that is you're describing to me that there is something outside of subjective perception, observation, and evaluation that's true, and that that's what you would put at the top of any uh, yeah. estimate, like any sort of appraisal of truth. And then you're saying that um, because subjectivity limits you in such a way that you cannot know with certainty, um, anything that you might call true cannot be true in the complete sense, and as such is not quite 100% truth, but that there are things that we know about the world which we say are true, um, and what we mean by that is that we're supremely confident in the accuracy of the proposition. <clears throat> did I capture you correctly? Yep, you did. That is, that is the correct answer to the question. Okay. Just had okay. to run around for a bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes, um, especially with this sort of topic, unless you've practiced, um, you won't know how to say what you think, but you might well have the correct answer in your head. Yeah, um, I'm still fairly new to philosophy, so I've only mm-hmm. recently gotten into it. For sure, for sure. So I don't hold very many positions. Okay, um, let me think. Your profile says pro-vegan. Yeah, I am a pro-vegan. Let's hear it. Okay, um, well, I usually base my morality on well-being, what's, um, you know, um, good or bad, or, like, you you said you defined um, well-being as, um, God, I don't remember what you said. What is it? Uh, it just captures more nu- nuances than good and bad, just slightly more specific. Mm-hmm. The terms that I use are slightly different, yeah. Yeah, but um, it's virtually <laughs> the same idea. Um, humans Close. today can uh, live without eating animals, right? We can do mm-hmm. that. Um, and so based on that, why would you eat animals, you know, cause negative well-being when you don't have to? Well, it depends on your scope of analysis, right? Okay. So, like, this quickly, the terms that I do use for morality are harmony and discord, rather that than was it. bad, or right and wrong. Um, and so there's a couple of reasons for that. But, like, to get back to the question at hand, right, we're talking about, like, why one might um, do something unnecessary to cause, what, let's say, harm or to cause negative well-being. Mm-hmm. And I said the scope of analysis, and that's the correct answer because, well, I don't know, man. Have you ever heard of convenience? Convenience? Yeah, yeah, I have. yeah, yeah, of course. I like might cause myself negative well being in the future by spending more money to get my milk at the corner store because it's convenient to do so, for instance. Well, would you think just the um, negative well being you gain from something being inconvenient is more than the death of an animal? No, but, like, that depends on my scope of analysis. If I'm thinking more, let's say entirely, but at the very least primarily about my interests, my experience, and my needs, then what's convenient for me is going to be much, much more important than what's convenient or even, um, you know, let's say, like, even if it's crucial to another life form, if it's convenient for me, I might well do it, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I don't, th- to me, um, convenience isn't that big of a deal, so I, 
it it wouldn't change anything in my house. I mean, let, let me put it this way, like, um, I'm more likely to use up the resources in my environment if they will make my life easier. And animals yeah, I are resources. I guess that's fine. I'm, I'm just saying that um, I don't hold that position. I think convenience is not that big of a deal. But I think idea. that if, if we follow if we follow the convenience argument, you can see that you actually use that reasoning in many other situations in your life. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and so I just feel like if we're being consistent, you have to take it into account and you have to say why it doesn't apply specifically here. Well, uh, I feel like animals in general, you know, or lives of animals, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, I think the fact is it's not it's not that inconvenient to be a vegan, you know. Or, no, it's not know. that inconvenient to be a vegan, but it is very convenient to eat animals. Why is it very convenient to eat animals? Um, well, because for one, they're like a more dense source of energy. A dense source of energy. Yeah. Why does that mean it's convenient, though? Because it means I have to eat less. You don't have to. Eat, um, if if you're saying, I guess if you have to eat less, but um, that's like literally convenient. Yeah. Hmm. Let me think about that one. If if you only have to eat less, right? Um, mm-hmm. That's not the only eat? point. I'm just saying that's one point. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm. I didn't mean to say only. Just ignore that. But um. If you're only eating less, how much more inconvenient is that than eating more? And you don't have to eat more necessarily. But it's not the only point, though. It's not that it's hugely inconvenient or hugely convenient. It's that okay. That well, what's some of your other points? Well, it's convenient in terms of my tastes. It, it, you know, I'm more inclined to eat meat. Okay. So you enjoy eating meat more than you do Correct. other things. Correct, uh, yeah. And and so, like, that's another example. It's not exactly the same as convenience, but it's very close. It's like pleasure. It's like I do things all the time that are bad for the rest of the world or bad for the environment or bad for other people because they're good for me. You know Everybody there are, are vegan foods that are just as dense energy-wise as For vegan. sure, for sure, which is why I don't rely on such a point. Yeah, um, and there also could be plenty of foods because you haven't tried every food, right? No, of course. So there could be plenty of foods that you also enjoy just as much as meat. Naturally, and, yeah. And based on that, you could also you could then say that um, it it would it would be a meaningless waste to kill an animal, right? I don't necessarily agree. I don't think that killing is bad. Oh, well, dang. What's, <laughs> what's inherently wrong about taking life? Um. Well, it causes discord, right? That's um, not necessarily. No. No, not necessarily. And I think that this is actually a really good example, right? If what I'm doing is I'm like giving an animal somewhere to live that's free from predators and feeding it every day of its life, the idea that at the end of, like, let's say, like when it's matured quite a bit, I decide that I'm going to reap my investment and eat it, that's not that unreasonable to me. So you're going to... I'm saying, like, I provided it with the life that I take from it in order to feed myself, and I sacrificed, like, money that I would be using to feed myself to feed it to begin with. It's an investment. 
Um, There's nothing inherently wrong about killing something for which you made life possible. Like, if it wasn't for you, that cow would not have existed. Uh, Are you talking about you or, like, the person that raised the pig? The impersonal you. No, but I'm saying, like, if if you raise it, if you yourself invest your food into feeding a cow and you raise it and you keep it on your property... Then there is nothing inherently wrong with killing that animal to eat it. In that situation, I No, but that's, that's what I'm saying. Is I'm saying because what I said initially was there's nothing inherently wrong with killing. That's an yeah. example. Yeah, yeah nothing, there isn't nothing inherently wrong. I guess. Yeah, there we go. So, yeah, um, I agree with that. Um, but, like, in the situation of you, you don't raise pigs or cows. You're not a farmer, are you? No, but I would say that the convenience argument is where the other side of that comes in. Because it's not convenient for me to raise my own meat. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Um, and like I said, there are energy-dense plants or you know other course, kinds of food. Of course, but I like eat. the taste of meat. There could be other things you could taste that you'd enjoy just as much. There could be. There could be. And if I come across some things like that, maybe I'll eat them instead. But until then... Ah, uh, so like you them. haven't found anything yet. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to eat um, fake meat that tastes like proper meat and has the correct texture and everything. That would be fine with me. Would Would you say that's better than eating meat? Uh, probably. I'm fine with it then. I don't. I don't disagree with that. That's okay. Maybe I didn't initially. But mm-hmm. I think. Um, so like. One of the things that I like to say to vegans is uh, it depends on whether or not you take a hardline position. So the question is, like, should we eat animals at all? Um, yeah, there's situations where eating animals is necessary. Okay, but what about for pleasure? It, even it, let's say, let's say we we manage to reduce the amount of meat that the world is eating um, by like eighty five percent, but like let's say like 20 to 30% of families still have meat once once a week or once a fortnight. Is that an issue in your eyes? It really just de- depends on the situation. If they're just eating it for pleasure, yeah. Um, then yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think that's good. Why? What's wrong with that? Well, they're not doing it out of convenience. They're not doing it out of... Um... Yeah, they are doing it out of convenience. It's convenient for their tastes. Yeah, but Oh, yeah, I see the pin now. (laughs) No, I can't. If you give me, like, 100 days, maybe. I'm just kidding. Maybe, maybe. When you take the hardline position against that, which it seemed like you were going to to begin with, I have the greatest counter-argument. It goes something like this. It goes... Okay, so what you're saying then is that um, all those animals that we're currently raising to slaughter for food shouldn't exist at all. Like you're okay. saying, you're saying then that it's the, like the conditions of their existence are such that they shouldn't exist at all. And then my question to you is: Sorry, when when did people voted that you were God? 
right? Like, because who gets to decide that another animal's life is not at all worth living? Who gets to say whether or not the lives of millions of animals would be better off not being there at all rather than existing so that we could eat them? Oh. I don't think I could have gotten around that. Yeah, it's a hard one. Let's see. Could could you just run me through that one more time, actually? Mm -hmm. Of course, yeah. So basically the idea is, if you are saying that uh, we should not eat any meat at all, ever, Mm -hmm. then what you're saying is that all the animals that we currently farm shouldn't be raised to eat. And, like, we're just not going to raise them then. <laughs> you know, like, we, we don't need them. Why would we, like, so fucking waste our resources on them? So we, what we do then is that we don't sustain the lives of all of these life forms that we were currently raising. And they all, like, all of a sudden, there's way, way less cows on the planet. And so I'm saying, who's right, who has the right to say that all of these cows had such poor quality of life that it was better that they didn't exist? That seems like a pretty fucking crazy determination <laughs> to make on, the, on behalf of millions of other life forms. You know, I personally, I wouldn't want someone else to say that the conditions of my life were such that I shouldn't be alive. That's my decision. Yeah, I agree. Um, I had to write that down, so that's why I asked you to repeat it. Oh, good. I'm going to use that later in some way. <laughs> hmm. No one's ever used convenience either. I've never seen anyone argue that. Well, it's pretty... I mean, that's why I do it, though. It's, uh, it's, it's, like, it's intuitive. Hard. It's hard to get around, because when you try to, like, bring up other foods you could eat that you could potentially like just as much as meat, they would have to go through the process of finding it, right? Exactly, yeah. Which is inconvenient. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm trying to think of another way around that. You know, how, I'd love how, to hear it if, if you can. Do you know a way? No, I've never heard one. Uh, hmm. It seems like um, it's extremely difficult to prove. I don't know. Dude, that's fucking crazy. What? Perfect. Hmm? His display picture is somehow... I'm confused. What are you looking at? Oh, no. Never mind. It's just it's an animated display picture, but the pattern is confusing. (laughs) What were you looking at? Oh, like the in main chat, there's like a dude's display picture that's moving. It's like an eye, but because it's at a distance, I couldn't quite tell what was happening. You're just wild out. Yeah, man. Gotcha. Uh, All right, um, let's see. One sec, I'll see. I have been looking at individualism a little bit more lately as well. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, my personal philosophy is uh, absolute individualism, which is something that I came up with myself. Oh, so it's a different one. Yeah, it's further than just regular uh, individualism. So I'm usually a utilitarian, right? Um, mm-hmm. I love that. Um, that um, the idea... That, like, 
we should we should I'm also a consequentialist, but um, mm -hmm. we should look at the overall well-being, right? We should try to pick at whatever is best, you know, what's what's best, and we should look at what causes more consequence, right? What's worse? Um, and it's it's different from individualist, but the last time I talked about it with you, you said that um, utilitarianism ignores um, the individual. Mm -hmm. it doesn't focus on it. Correct, yeah. Um, would you say that, like, it, so in order to overcome that, you you would just focus on the individual and, or all, the group of individuals and work your way up to what's most beneficial? Um, yes, basically. Okay. Yeah, you don't focus on the consequence first. You focus on getting everything else right, and then you look at the consequence. Okay. Um, so w what happens um, when all these individuals have, like, conflicting, you know... Yeah, well, that's, that's, the, that's the trick, right? Is that... But the reason that I think the way that I do is because of the idea that I was telling you about before, right? Because, in my opinion, the reason that people disagree is because we fundamentally disagree about the way the world is, right? Yeah. Maybe if we could agree about that, we could agree about everything else. Maybe. Um... And so what I'm saying is, like, I don't think it's possible for people to disagree for a continuous period of time once we can agree about the presuppositions that we're using. If we can agree about what the rules are and what the variables are, then we always come to the same conclusion. That's why we all agree that 2 plus 2 equals 4, and it's laughable to deny it. Okay. I'm saying morality has answers like that too. We just haven't figured out how to derive them. And if we talk about it for long enough, and if we can use the correct framework to inspect the, the topics in question, then there are definitive conclusions and there will be no, no like, you can still, yeah, you can, you can like think, you can be wrong about it still, but there will be answers rather than now where there are no answers. Okay. So and and so like over time people should come to agree. Yeah, that that would happen naturally. So, um, I was I was going to say earlier, um, before you went to that, that um, people, a lot of people conflict, right? Their ideas are different. You know, they're in contrast with each other. So, based on that, if we just appeal to most, you know, we, we try to get the most out of the decisions, you know, we try to look at the group and what's most liked, then we'll get the overall benefit based on that. And if you try to focus on the individual, you'll end up with a lesser benefit. But mm -hmm. not how it works. What do you think? Um, no, I think that, like... Ultimately, um, unless you focus on the individual first, then when you try to integrate the individuals together, they're not going to be able to integrate properly because they don't even understand themselves, let alone how to fit themselves together. Well, they, they don't understand themselves in the sense that they don't understand their beliefs. Exactly. Yeah, that's what, because you're not focusing on the individual level. You don't spend a sufficient amount of time working out what it is that you think and how you think about the world so that you are capable of integrating with other people properly. 
Are you talking about in general or just the... Um, look, I'm talking about like when you have ideas about the world which aren't correct, it's impossible for you to integrate properly with people who are thinking correctly. Well, there, there's plenty of people who aren't thinking correctly as well, but... Um... Of course. No, but what I'm saying is, like, if you're not thinking correctly, your behavior is going to be in error. Mm -hmm. what, what if you are thinking correctly, though? Then you and all the other people who are thinking correctly should be able to agree on how you should act. I see. Hmm. That does go with your position, really. I, I don't disagree with that. I, I suppose that's correct as well. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. I'll give it some more thought. Yeah, that's. A, I that's haven't fully come to like, what I think. About yeah, of course, that's okay. I don't. I didn't think it was wrong originally. Anyway. Mm -hmm. How many people? In the server, have you um, debated? You think pretty much all of them. Anyone who all wants to. What do you think about Not girls? Oh, dude, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> he he originally came from our server. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Seems like every time he goes to a new server, he gets hated and exiled for good reason. Yeah, he's a bit. Um, <laughs> I see you bit guys. Of a... Yeah. Often. <laughs> he's, let's just say he's got some behavioral issues. Oh yeah, definitely. He's got problems too. Mm. Which we like hated each other for a long time, right? We, we debated each other multiple times and argued all the time. And I definitely didn't like him, but just the other day he randomly DM'd me, like invited me to this um this D and D game. <laughs> Interesting. Like, what the heck? You're so weird, dude. <laughs> Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I think it's probably because he's lonely. Yeah, I think he is. He got kicked out of his parents' house because he kept trying to debate them. Yeah, I, I think that, uh... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It's not a joke. I don't know what to say that. about him. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what to say about him, dude. <laughs> Why are those other people down there? What are they doing? Uh, they're probably having a having a meme conversation. Well, I can't think really. of anything else to ask you about at the moment. Can you think of anything? Uh, anything to ask? I was about? struggling to even think about individualism. <laughs> <laughs> you can ask any questions you have about it. Yeah. Um. You've answered all my questions. Fair enough. I was just looking for because I I I've been wanting to, to debate um, philosophy a lot lately. Mm -hmm. So I was not only looking for a position. I, I was looking for because you're one of the better individual debate individualist debaters. You would think, right? Mm -hmm. Um. So on, I wanted to perform counter arguments around possible arguments being made, or, or use a devil's advocate position. But it might not even be sure. devil's advocate anymore. So. Yeah, for sure. No, I'm happy to talk to you about it. Um, yeah. like at length. It's really interesting to me. I love the ideas. Mm. I'll develop some more. Um, I've been noticing a lot Sounds of people are liber libertarian as well, so I might look into yeah. libertarianism. 
Yeah, um, libertarianism is quite an individualist philosophy. Yeah. Uh, hard to see. Alright, man. Um, well, do you want to hop back down in tavern? Yeah, we can. Sounds good, dude. Um, it was really nice talking to you. I had a great time. Awesome. I enjoyed it as well. I look forward to our next conversation.